Homestyle Green, episode 165. Normally, I interview people from overseas about what New Zealand can learn from the rest of the world. Well, this week, find out what one Kiwi builder is taking from New Zealand to Canada. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. We are all about building better by better building. Does that make sense? Well, it's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. Thinking about building better buildings, but also doing it in a in a better way. And there are lots of people asking similar questions, both here locally in where I'm based in Auckland, New Zealand, but also around the world, thinking about how can we do this better? And one of those guys is uh, a Kiwi who came back to New Zealand after doing a bit of an apprenticeship in Canada and has taken some learnings from New Zealand and um, has launched a company called NZ Builders uh, in British Columbia. Fascinating story and uh, looking forward to the conversation I've had with them. Before I get into that, just a quick shout out to uh, ProClimber who helped put this show together. Couldn't do it without them. Um, if you're building a high performance home and if you're listening to this, you probably want to be doing that then you definitely need to check out ProClimber's range of uh, building wraps and tapes as well. Uh, they, they are definitely the guys to talk to for the best performance in terms of keeping moisture out and also letting your uh, house um, deal with moisture in the best way possible. Also want to uh, have a, a very uh, big thanks to Waka. Uh, and you can find them at Waka, that's W-O-C-A, uh, Denmark.com, Waka, Denmark. Now, if you've got any timber that you want to look at, and yeah, you, you probably do, so we love looking at polished floors and even uh, timber decks outside, and you want to put something on them, but you, you also want to have a healthy indoor environment, no VOCs, no nasty chemicals, then definitely check out Waka Denmark Oils. Uh, beautiful uh, oils, they have cleaning products for uh, getting the grime and dirt off. Um, if you've got um, moss and lichen and other sorts of stuff growing on, on the uh, external decking, but also for finishing surfaces on the inside, interior and exterior surfaces, and it's all really nice stuff to work with, so check them out. You can find a link over at homestylegreen.com. All right, let's get on today with, uh, with this week's episode. It is with the guys at NZ Builders, and I started out by asking them why they do what they do. Um, basically, it's just got to be, be a better way of building. Um, we're continually fixing up uh, rotten homes, and um, just don't think it's, uh, it's not healthy and uh, wanted to build build it right and uh, build art. And um, it's a bit unfortunate when you're coming across and uh, clients are wanting kitchen renovations, bathroom renovations, and we're standing there saying we've got a bit, bit more of a problem here than just the cosmetic side of things. So um, the Pacific North uh, West is the hardest, probably one of the hardest places to build, similar to New Zealand. So um, why is that? What makes it so hard? Driving rains, humidity. Um, yeah. Basically, we have uh, 
365 days of prime rotting conditions here. So uh, managing managing moisture in in uh, in the walls and building assemblies is is a real challenge. And is that is that partly because you have that cycle of uh, seasons as, as well? It's not just every day is a good rotting day, but you you have driving rain and then and then heat and then cycling through that. Well, we get. Um, on the coast, the climate is tempered by the ocean, probably uh-huh. similar to to New Zealand. So yeah. it doesn't get cold enough to freeze like the rest of Canada. Yep. You know, uh, in the prairies or uh, or up north, would be, you know, the Dry. microorganisms will essentially hibernate for half the year. Yeah. Um, when the temperature gets below zero, but here, it's uh, you know, it's a coastal climate, stays warm, and it's relatively dry in the summer times, but it absolutely pours rain uh, for a few months in the winter. And um, buildings, wood frame construction, at least, can really can really rot. And uh, mm. we've seen a lot of that. Yeah, you know, especially especially since the '70s when energy efficiency started making its way into the into the building code, and and we uh, started insulating homes and trying new things. Yeah, it seems the building codes put band aids on on things for the last 20 years so just taking a step back and having another look at it really. Um, I want to come back to that because that's a really interesting point but first uh, just to clarify you guys are in uh, uh, British Columbia. Um, yes. Where, whereabouts exactly for, the, for those that know that area or, or for haven't been maybe don't know the area what whereabouts are you? We're based in Victoria, yep. which is uh, the capital city of British Columbia, and it's on Vancouver Island, um, so southern, southwestern BC on the on the Pacific Ocean. So there are lots of similarities there with New Zealand because you literally have water all around. You you are on quite a big island, but an island nevertheless, surrounded surrounded by water, temperate climate, um, and as you mentioned, when insulation was introduced the building code all those band-aids what impact did that have on how buildings behaved hmm it um well we were just trapping moisture um inside and we're not putting the correct um ventilation systems in or any ventilation systems um and it's taken some serious time for that to catch up on us. And uh, it was great when we were just building two by four insulated walls and the dew point was outside and we were pumping them full of heat. But um, now we're trying to get energy efficiency involved and we're adding vapor barriers, um, more insulation and things like that. Um, and different different window flashings and different products. Um, it's really starting to get complicated. Yeah. And so is it is it by insulating the walls that we've brought the dew point inside of that structure? Yeah. So combination. I mean, we've we have a we do a lot of renovation work mm-hmm. as well as build new homes, and it's it's really interesting that. You know, take apart a house built um, around the turn of the century. You know, uh, you know, say 1910. There's a big building boom here in Victoria, and 
there's essentially no rot in the houses. Yeah. Um, you know, you have your interior plasterboard, your framed wall, and your cladding on the outside of that, um, and usually a big central heating system. And all winter long, when it's rainy and and wet, and the walls get soaked, all that heat from the inside is just pumping through the walls, drying out the walls. When you when you pull them apart, you see water staining on the wood, um, but no rot. Yeah. And then in the 60s and 70s, when we started adding insulation and vapor barriers um, and uh, stucco changed to uh, an acrylic-based stucco, and there are some changes with the building paper as well that really limited the ability of walls to dry out. Uh, in effect, what we were doing was uh, trapping moisture in the walls, both moisture that came in during construction yeah, uh, just from the you know from the moisture content of the wood, or if it rained during during framing before the before the roof got on, and also you know walls fail, right? I mean the most design principles require you to design for at least some sort of failure in your in your wall system mm -hmm. for water ingress. So you, you have to expect that during the lifespan of a building, water is going to get into that wall assembly and it needs to dry out. So um, for wood frame construction in the last 10 or 15 years there have been lots of advances in, in methods to uh, to dry out walls but what, what uh, we've tried to do is take a whole different look at um, how we can build houses and actually bring in uh, some of our construction experience from New Zealand and start doing concrete insulated homes now, this is the fascinating bit because normally I look elsewhere, uh, I look overseas and see what's going on uh, for leadership and, and say to the people here in New Zealand, look what's going on overseas because they're doing it much better than us. You guys, have you flipped that round? Um, I think, well, because I did my apprenticeship in New Zealand. Yep. And then everyone was leaving to go to the sea, so I thought I'd better jump on that one. <laughs> uh, took off to America and then um, ended up in Canada. Yeah. And then when it came, you know, um, like I say, in building and renovating all these homes and just seeing what's going on, when it came to building uh, our personal home for our family, I was, you take a real standpoint of this and stand back and be like, okay, well, there's got to be a better way because I don't want to go through this. I don't want to be maintaining my home on the weekends, etc. And um, so I just went back to ground roots in my apprenticeship and we are doing a, quite a few tilt-up homes um, back in New Zealand. Yep. And New Zealand, New Zealand do really well on their um, weatherproofing details and materials. And Canada do really well on their heating and, uh, and low cost of heating in their homes. So... Uh, I basically ended up combining the two, um, went back to New Zealand and uh, got some consultants together and looked at what we were doing down in New Zealand and then combined it with what we were doing um, up here. So New Zealand, their insulation values were quite low compared yeah. to, this was probably five or six years ago now. No, it's more than that, 10 years ago. So, um, so we beefed figured out ways to beef up the insulation in the uh, concrete panels and uh, went from there. And when, when we started to get into it, we realised how easy it was to get a full 
insulation package. So have that that uh, wall insulation connect with the footing insulation and the slab insulation and connect the roof insulation up as well. And um, it became very, very simple. Which is interesting because that uh, is almost unfathomable today when, when I talk to, to people about that because they're, they're two completely separate systems, the, the floor slab and then the footplate and the framing. Um, and then there are, there are actually things, parts of the code that I think even prevent that continuous insulation uh, from happening, things like having to have a gap uh, at the bottom of the cladding. Um, mm. I'm, I'm looking at one of your details now. Let's uh, just talk about R-value for a moment. Um, you, this says R20 to R40. Is that, uh, yeah. is that metric? No, that's uh, Imperial, so RSI would be less. So what are you saying? Your RSI about, would be... About six, so it's, it's R, what, three or four? Yeah, typically the RSI, RSI three to yep. eight if you wanted it to. I yeah. mean, the sky's the limit, really. And, and that's a wall yeah. we're talking about. So that's still um, a good 50% uh, above the standard for, for the current standard here. So that's, it's, that's um, a still pretty high level. Uh, but it's also yeah. it's continuous. You got no you got no bridging there. No bridging. And the window details for installing a window is just just stunning. It's an elegant way to install a window. But um, yeah, you got no thermal bridging anywhere. Yeah. It's. Um, and then yeah. wraps. And I'll put a link up uh, so that people can have a look. But the the critical bit that you mentioned there, it, it insulation just keeps going right down. Uh, below yeah. the ground and then underneath the the slab is that correct that's right you can do it you can flip it around too so you can it doesn't have to be that way you can reverse it so the structural layers out right and um, have the insulation wrap on the inside so you've got no insulation under the footing but that's just our preferred method because we get two inches of exterior cladding and that keeps the thermal mass on the inside yeah yeah so do you have any, um, is there any objection to that from the market? Because yeah, people quite like wood. Yeah, they do. And uh, is there your objection? Um, no, because we can still put wood cladding on and we can warm it up with, uh, with wood. It's just, I think the whole, the whole process throws everyone off. Right. But, they think it's complicated, and then once they actually do one, they realise how simple it is. Right. And then that opens them up. Because essentially, um, essentially, we're talking about about construction, uh, concrete insulated panels, aren't we? So, uh, are yeah. they are they um, um, put together on site, or are they prefabricated? Uh, it's a feasibility study for us right now. We can either do it on site or precast them and truck okay. them to site. Right. Um, just depends which, which, uh, what the site access is available to us. But, right, right, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really, it's, um, it's definitely different, and it's, it gives you a superior finish. Uh, like the tolerances are very low, so it gives us a, um, a very accurate um, building. Yep. Yep. And and do you have your own in-house uh, design team as as well? 
Yeah, so either the architect comes with us and gives us some conceptual drawings and we give them shop drawings, essentially. Right. And then they can go back and work off that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and we, yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, renovations and, and, and retrofitting. Do you apply that sit process to uh, renovating or do you do more traditional approach there if you're looking at old timber houses? No, we, our company pushes for high performance buildings, um, whether it be renovation, um, we're building a passive, a wood frame passive home right now, um, and yeah, basically we push high performance on, on anything we try and do, um, just because it's a more sustainable way to build. So in that, in that instance, uh, will you be... Using wood frame or using the, the yeah, concrete panels? Yeah, uh, if it's a renovation, we'll be, do a wood frame with a rock sole comfo wrap on the exterior um, and higher R values throughout with the HRV system. Right. Okay, so now you mentioned um, ventilation before. Now, that was an interesting point that you thought that New Zealand does detailing and, and uh, um, some window, well, window flashings maybe and weather tightness. Yeah. Um, pretty well, but but uh, North America does heating and ventilation uh, well. Why is that? Is there more choice available on the market for for products and um, servicing those products? I think um, Canada's cold when you go up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I remember when I first came to um, North America, there was all these heating people running around everywhere. And I didn't know really what they were on about. <laughs> Right, but um, every Canadian home's got heat in it. Um, so, no, I think it's just part of the program over here, and um, it just has to be done. So, I th so that's why I think they're they're ahead with it. And so efficient, high efficient boilers and yeah, all sorts. Yeah, and is ventilation seen synonymous with heating? Do they they both go hand in hand in the market? Uh, just recently. Um, some code changes were brought in that essentially require ventilation in all single-family homes. Right. So, and and does that have to be measured in any way, or is it just uh, a sort of a, a design requirement? It's a design requirement. The the measurement comes in when you have uh, gas-fired appliances. Right. Um, and and then you know rates of burning and. Uh, CO2 and carbon monoxide production versus ventilation have to be have to be calculated. But most of the time, I mean, in in, in the crudest form, you just essentially have to cut a hole in the wall, yeah, uh, for makeup air. And in the uh, you know in the most elegant um, situation, we have a fully balanced uh, heat heat recovery ventilation system, yeah, yeah. supplying filtered fresh air to the uh, living spaces and exhausting the stale air from kitchens and bathrooms. Right? Yeah, so. And is there any requirement for air tightness testing in your region? No. Within the company. Within the company, though. I mean, we, we do it for fun if um, <laughs> we're out of interest. Like every good building uh, scientist should. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we just did this renovation on a 1990s house, and um, we were really curious to see what we got for ACH, and the homeowners didn't care. Yeah. But we just said, hey, you know, do you, do you mind if, if we get uh, get this house pressure tested? And um, it's really interesting to see uh, how you do, right? So uh, how'd you go? What was the score? 
Uh, I think we got a 0.4 on that one. Wow. ACH at uh, 50 kilopascals. So um, are we talking um, uh, metal joinery, uh, seal, no. like timber construction? <clears throat> uh, that was an exterior, um, exterior air barrier using uh, a product like the Lake Proclima. Right. Um, just a, a taped building wrap. Yeah. And, and what um, was... We made what was the, uh, what's all the um, heart, like glazing joinery? That was a Lerneman wood clab, that one. Lerneman, right. you like that? I, I was I wasn't gonna, I wasn't sure whether I was going to say aluminium or aluminium. aluminium. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. Um, so yeah, so a pretty that's a pretty good result. Point four for a, a, a renovation of a house that probably wasn't intended as an airtight house to start with. No, it was um, it was quite impressive actually. Yeah. So it really gave all the apprentices and all the guys uh, who work with the company a bit of a pat on the shoulder. And is that in, in the marketplace? Is that seen as a desirable um, measurement here? Because here in New Zealand, you mentioned air tightness, and people are still quite scared of it. Um, yeah, it depends on who you're talking to, really. Um, people who understand uh, a bit about building science uh, really get really get the advantages of air tightness yeah and it's um i think i think people are getting a better understanding of, of why uh controlling the airflow in and out of your house is good um so we typically talk more about controlling airflow and providing uh filtered fresh air to your house yeah. rather than air tightness right um, right it's interesting. We're doing a renovation of the house right now, and we we pulled all the drywall off the walls, and you could see where the air was leaking through the insulation because it was full of dust and mold, right? So that was the makeup air coming right. into the house was being pulled through cracks in the walls and cracks around the windows, and you're getting pollen and mold and and asbestos and fiberglass, and that's the fresh air that's being supplied to your house. Um, so it's a much more intelligent way to deal with makeup air if you if you seal all of those cracks and then control where you're bringing the air in and filter it and temper it so you don't have a cold drafty house and you don't have uh, excess pollution coming in with your with your fresh air. That's yeah. That's where we get back to the concrete insulated panels where we eliminate all those things straight out straight out of the gates. Yeah, because um, I wouldn't imagine there'd be too much airflow through a a, con a concrete wall. No, we've tried a few times, but <laughs> just can't seem to get there. <laughs> right, and, um, and and just for the the terminology there, by makeup air, that's essentially the the air that's coming into the home. Is that correct? Yeah. So say you do a load of laundry and uh, you're cooking, and you turn your range hood on, your hood fan on to exhaust the you know, cooking gases, mm -hmm. and then somebody takes a shower and your bathroom fan is all turned on. So that's three fans pulling air out of your house. Yep. And uh, your, makeup is your makeup air has to replace that, yeah. right? So if you bring it in through a controlled place, it can be filtered and tempered. And if you don't, uh, it can pick up all the bits and bobs bits and bobs in the various cracks and nooks and crannies that it's that it's leaking through your walls and roof right yeah so it's about designing the appropriate holes in the right places so that you 
your house is is respirating correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, Very. yeah. Now tell me a little bit about the market. Do you do people now come to you because they know what you do and they're after an energy efficient house? Have you made that name for yourself? Yeah, I think um, people are researching passive solar design, um, passive house um, a lot more and coming uh-huh. to us directly. And um, we're we're designing homes for those people straight out of the straight out of our office. Right. Um, so we can capture it all under one blanket. Yeah. And as being builders, we know the costs of things. So if we're given a budget to start with, we can build to that budget. Right. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, people. It, it, the people who have been burnt before are also coming. You know, like people who have finished twenty years of paying off their mortgage and now have to do a big renovation to bring it all up to speed. Right. Um, Just paint yeah, the thing off it's, and then it's, <laughs> then it's broken. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the biggest gut-wrencher for me is you're handing over all these bills to people that are just just uh, mortified and there's nothing you can do about it. And to, You mentioned cost. Um, does the, the level of performance that you provide, does, how much more does it cost than a, than a regular build? I think that, that really depends on the details. Um, you know, what we find is that the, the cost, the additional cost to go to a high-performance home is pretty insignificant in the custom home world because people can blow, you know, say it's going to cost you an extra $40,000 to get um, good insulation, air tightness, and an HRV, the heat recovery ventilator. Yeah. Uh, people will blow that in a window package upgrade or interior finishings or upgrading their appliances or some unique design features or exterior cladding. So uh, the market that that we're finding ourselves in is, is the custom home market. And uh, the additional cost to get a high-performance home is pretty insignificant in comparison to the other decisions that people are making. So um, when you say custom home, because when in in New Zealand, I think of, of pretty much every home as being a custom home because they're all they're all different. They all get designed uh, differently. So is that a step up from a house that someone is is like a spec house that's just been built by a company and is 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 a turnkey take it as it is exactly option. Yeah, exactly. it's a it's a fresh set of plans that's been inspired by someone. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you basically you'd have a spec home or a custom home. Yeah. A custom home would be, be built for a for a customer. Yeah, yeah, and you say, and so, so custom home, uh, they could blow that on a fancy kitchen and um, and en suites or everywhere, or they could have a better insulation, air tightness, and and a better uh, ventilation and heating system. Yeah, and and low maintenance and durable. You know, if we're doing the concrete. Where right. You can wipe out all your maintenance costs, etc. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you get a. I mean, if you're looking at up, upgrading your your home package, like you do with a car, the finishes you can get on the concrete panel are pretty pretty elegant. I, I give New Zealand and Australia credit for coming up with some and 
really good looking stuff. Do you mean direct, like the direct finish on the exterior surface, or putting a cladding over the top of the the concrete panel? Um, putting a textured finish on the on the panel when it's when it's poured in the casting equipment. Right. Yeah, pretty and, much. And then uh, that just unlimited. becomes your that that's your external surface there, so you don't have to yeah. add anything else to it. Yeah, and we're doing some pretty cool pretty cool stuff. And there's even people that come up to one of our homes and. They're like, oh, I didn't even realize that was uh, concrete. I thought that right. was dark wood. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and just finally, um, it that's good that you mentioned cost. Coming back to the to the market, so it doesn't sound like you're having to have conversations where you're trying to convince people of going to a higher level of ventilation or or improving their ventilation and heating efficiency. Uh, are they coming to you specifically because that's what you do, or do you, do you sometimes have to convince people? A bit of both. A bit of both. I think um, majority of the time they already know. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't know, um, we just forward them to Homestyle Green and they listen and then come back <laughs> and say, "Oh yeah, great." <laughs> uh, I mean, we have. One one client right now, we're building a passive house for them, and mm -hmm. uh, they came to us because uh, we took the passive house training together, and nice. um, you know they've been watching our work and and uh, know that we're passionate about you know building high performance homes. Yeah, and uh, we have another client who um, isn't really that interested in high performance homes. Is came to us because they like the level of finish and the quality of craftsmanship that we that they've seen in other projects and wanted yeah. that for their home and so that, um, that's interesting because I've interviewed other people who have said the same thing that a lot of people are just attracted to the quality because you it's hard mm -hmm. to achieve a high performance home without really good attention to detail which quality of construction is, is kind of another name for that and and that might be what attracts a lot of people uh, it's just that level of finish, and and if it's if it if the bills are less to run the thing, then that's an added bonus later on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny when you um, you're walking around the house and you don't actually know the agenda of the people you're walking with, and then you say, oh, you know, energy, you know, it costs um, four thousand kilowatts to run this home a year or whatever, and they're they're blown away, and they just that's just an added value. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Hey, um, that's uh, it's it's very interesting. It's very cool what you did. You mentioned you got about about twenty staff. Is that sort oh, of um, twelve? Oh, sorry, twelve, 12 staff. Sorry. So is that across uh, designers um, and builders as well? Designers, project managers, and uh, carpenters, laborers. Yeah. Yep. So. And what's your range in geographically? Where where do you operate mostly? Um, oh, that's pretty funny. So we're doing our general contracting in Victoria, and we've been collaborating with other builders um, throughout BC, and just looking at some in Alberta to, um, and we just supply them with the concrete panels only. Okay. So we go out there and put up all the panels and everything, and get to hang out with some other like-minded builders. Yep. And it's pretty cool. And then yep. uh, come back, and carry on the slog in Victoria. Nice. Nice. Mm. So, no, not limited to anywhere really. We've got some people from the States looking at wanting to do some things, and so it's definitely opened up some avenues. Yep.
Um, I've just noted on your detail here that you're using um, mostly expanded polystyrene at the moment. Have you used extruded polystyrene as well, or do you just use um, EPS? Um, EPS, because it holds its uh, R value longer underneath in the, in, before being uh, waterlogged or whatever, and it's, it's a cheaper product. Right, interesting. Yeah. Um, so it, it always seems to win the battle when it comes to budget. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So uh, where uh, can people find you guys, and uh, how can they get in touch and learn more? Yeah, so just on the old website, it's www.nzbuilders.com. Yep. And um, they can do a bunch of research there and on the phone. We've got a 250-516-6294. Good for a chat anytime. And you guys are on uh, on social media as well? Yep. A little bit? Facebook, just uh, NZ Builders Limited. Yep. Facebook page. Um, and I see you got you got uh, a little bit on Twitter and uh, um, and Instagram as well, so people can uh, check you out there. And Howes, yeah, Howes is our architectural uh, Facebook up here, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just launched just launched in New Zealand, Howes. So you should uh, you should oh, get, yourselves a, get, get yourselves a profile on there. Yeah. Yeah, got, that would uh, got the name for it. Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get some good variety going on down there. For yeah, sure. yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much uh, for your time, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, it's a fascinating story of um, sort of flipping the the table uh, of of taking some of our learning here in New Zealand uh, elsewhere. Because, like I say, it's normally the other way around. Us trying to catch up with the rest of the world. So, um, yeah. keep on uh, doing the good work, and uh, hopefully get you to come back and uh, and um, talk about your experiences there sometime. And um, and I think I'm pretty sure that a lot of New Zealand builders and designers could learn still quite a lot from Canada. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's, it's a great combo to have. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got to come back to New Zealand and catch up on the, all the new stuff down there. Definitely, definitely. All right, hey, well, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Awesome. And that was the guys from NZ Builders. You can find them at nzbuilders.com. They were speaking to us there from British Columbia. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at homestylegreen.com forward slash 165 for episode 165. Don't forget also to check out uh, our sponsors, ProClimber. If you are building and you want to protect your framing and also protect your family's health inside, then you definitely want to speak to the guys at ProClimber about building wraps and tapes to make it weathertight and uh, vapor permeable in all the right places and also for beautiful looking timber definitely check out Waka Denmark uh, and their diamond oil range for both interior uh, finished timber and also exterior decking and cladding as well thank you very much if you did enjoy this episode I'd love it if you could head on over to iTunes got some good feedback recently and uh, it's great uh, to get ratings or reviews in the iTunes uh, podcast directory it really helps get the word out there and other people to find this podcast and for us to continue learning. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.